Welcome to the last episode. Are we rolling? Sweet. I'm just going to keep that right there. Welcome to the last episode of this mini-series of People of Product called hmm. Back to the Basics. We've had lots of conversations, both over this series and, and for the hundreds of episodes, hundreds, hundred plus, let's be accurate. Yeah. My wife's <laughs> hundreds like, is like that, take multiple that number, hundreds. Divide it by two. Uh, George is good at exaggerating. Um, yeah, we had lots of conversations with um, thought leaders, practitioners, um, friends, people from our, some of our events that we put on or just our clients and ourselves hmm. around the fact that Oftentimes we try to overcomplicate things. We try to make really no me no humans. Yeah, um, and what ends up happening is that we we look back and we're like, why are we? Why is there so much bureaucracy? Why is there so much bloat? Why is there so much, you know, um, process that's just been put there for the sake of it being there? Um, and yet we're not working better. Right. We're not getting better together over time. And so we thought we need to go back to the basics of product and that's taken us down a path that's led us to this point. <laughs> this is the last, uh, last conversation we're going to have about this before we jump into probably some more interviews and some more conversations. Hmm. But Dan, today the rubber has hit the road, as they say, you got to get to work. We're getting point. down to brass tacks. Yeah. Not that all the planning and meetings and Prepping and estimating hasn't been fun. No. But now we really have to talk about what, what are we going to do tomorrow mm. about this time? Well, it's almost time to go home. So tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do tomorrow morning when we tomorrow get Tomorrow morning. Work? Yep. Got so it. let's jump in and talk about what is a, an agile sprint? What does a sprint actually look like? Hmm. Dan. That's fine. You don't have to talk to me. <laughs> What's just the, staring at you, George? <laughs> What's the, this is what happens when you get to the end of a series of podcast mm, episodes. You, you just, just start lose, looking. You just lose yourself. <laughs> what, uh, what's the longest run you've ever done? Mm. I know that you know the answer because I asked you right before we started. So don't yeah. like you're thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure the longest run I've ever done is eight miles, which is also a movie, I believe. Oh, the the, the green green mile. Isn't it eight <laughs> miles? Oh, isn't that? Yeah, uh, Larissa, can you check? M and M. Yeah, and you also said that's when we lose ourselves. So oh, when you said that, it all came. Yeah, you're M &M. just like chat GTP and uh, I. I am. I can't get out of it. No, eight miles. Yeah, I was training for a mud run one one time, and I think that's the longest I ran. Getting ready for right because the mud run was twelve, but you yeah, get to but you, stop, you stop and you do some things, which so. arguably those stops are quite exhausting. Well, then you get electrocuted at the end. That's right, and jump into an ice bath and swim through. Golly. Not where I was. Going I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I think mine's probably six. It's a good run. Is it though? It, it just is. sounds like such a short run. <laughs> well, Rob. compared to you know Rob here at work running qualifying for our, I'm pretty sure for the Boston Marathon. Did he qualify? We'll, qual we'll, we'll confirm we'll that confirm with him, that. but he, I think so. His pace was amazing at the yeah. Kansas City Marathon. He's just, he's a, like what, he's a running fool. Well, which is crazy because he wasn't before COVID. And COVID I know. Yeah. It, ch it changed people. It changed people. <laughs> well, I want us to talk a little bit about the fact that software development is like a marathon. Mm. Um, but each sprint or agile sprint, if you will, mm -hmm. is like 
looking at each mile of a marathon and as yeah. you're running through that marathon, you look at each mile and you look at the progress you made, the pace that you're making and you go, am I doing a good job? Am I where I want to be? Is the strategy heading in the right direction? Yeah. And that's really where literally rubber hits the road. Your, your, your shoes are on the road, pushing you forward and sprints are a great way to kind of say, how do we measure ourselves day by day? Yep. And then sprint by sprint. Yep. Um, so how would you define, how, how do we define, I guess, here at Crema? Yeah. Or is, what's the most standard way of defining what a sprint is? Yeah. I thought of another analogy, by the way. Oh. I'm Interval training. Okay. I've so been, I'm, in, in, I'm, in, I'm in line So you think about whether you're on, you know, at the track, you yep. can be outside on a treadmill, yep. whatever, you're doing these, these time-boxed interval training. So 30 seconds on, yeah, 15 seconds, seconds off, yeah. whatever that, that looks like. Yep. And so... When you're sprinting, that's when the work is happening. It's, it's defined. Yeah. It's hard. That's when the progress is made on maybe fitness goals. Yeah. And so when we think about, and you can define what the interval is. Again, you could do 30 seconds. You could do a minute. Oh, you could even, I mean, whatever that looks like. There's some workouts been recently. It's like two minute intervals. It's yeah. too long, in my opinion. It is. And there's arguments amongst Agile on how long, uh, too long that's a sprint a really good is. Point. So, anywho. Uh, getting back to the I topic, like that again. One. it's because yeah. there's a there's a you don't stop in a marathon very often, mm -mm. maybe to to grab right. water or something. But like, ooh, and we'll get to this. But when you stop, there's that walking period or resting period. It's a time to recover, and then you get back. We'll we'll get to that. Like that. Okay, all right. So you, a sprint, it's that short duration of work. It's the interval. It's the chunk where we're trying to again take those epics to stories into uh, what's the, into achievable chunks of work. Yeah. Um, and again, they can be two to four weeks. I mean, I guess conceivably you could make it however long you want, but the goal is to yeah. achievable chunks Time boxed. that you're focused on. Um, there's a start, there's a stop. Yep. Um, and that's what anyone in agile or anyone on our team would, would talk about like, okay, what sprint are you in? Um, what's what work are you doing within the sprint? Well, it's that time box chunk of work Yep. and it's really the core of scrum. It's the core of agile because well, You're, I was going to say, thinking? you said scrum. I want to, I want to, every time I hear jargon, I'm just going to like pause for just a second. Cause I don't mm. know that we've said scrum throughout our series and that's okay. I just yeah. want to name scrum is a one particular method of agile. Yeah. Good call. If you haven't already, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, for Crema, which is um, the company that Dan and I own. Roan. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Shutting down on this last, <laughs> last episode. Um, we haven't, we have a, uh, uh, go, go look it up. Crema. Um, scrum, mm -hmm. scrum versus something. I don't remember what the, what is it? Kanban, scrum versus Kanban. I uh, just want to mention that because there, there's yep. a whole path. We decided not to take, to go, go down that path in this, this podcast back to basics. But yeah. Scrum is a, is a pretty regular way of checking in daily. Right. So keep yep. going. I just wanted to call that out. Yeah, no, that, that's good. That's good clarification. Um, I, I see the sprint as kind of, it's the vehicle through which the work gets done. So yep. again, if we've done our estimations, we've used a lot of the agile, I guess, methodologies around points, yep. um, whatever point system you use, we've broken down epics into stories. Now the work has to get done and it, it happens through, I guess if you want to call it the conduit or the vehicle of the sprint. Yeah. So it's interesting. So we talked in our last episode about how to estimate and we talked a lot about sprints. So you right. probably, this, you already have a good understanding of, of a time box of a sprint. Right. Um, 
The Basecamp um, is a company, I've been really curious about this. We haven't gone this way at Crema, though there are some developers that are intrigued by it, um, and some of the development teams are uh, intrigued by this, but they have a, a thing called um, Shape Up Methodology. Yeah. Yep. The six-week cycle. Yeah, so Shape up. Yep. Uh, again, and even they'll say, we, it's a time box. Yep. Um, but there's some principles that they're, they're following in that time box about um, making sure that they really commit to what they're going to be doing in that time box. And I don't mm -hmm. think we've talked about that too much in the estimation process. Mm -mm. But when you start thinking about what you're, what you're agreeing to inside of a sprint, one of the core principles, and it's hard to do this like through and through. Mm -hmm. So let's just name it. This is never going to be perfect, but um, is once you set a sprint goal, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about in just a second, that's what you're focused on. Right. There should be nothing added to that. And in right. theory, nothing taken away. Right. Unless you find a more efficient way to do something. But inevitably, human beings love to find distractions and love to find things to add to a list. Yep. And leaders have new ideas or customers give feedback or there's a bug you weren't expecting things come up. Right. And so you have to kind of plan for that margin. But in general, what you're committing to as a sprint goal is what the team needs to be right. focused on. And that should represent the stories. Right. Now let's talk about sprint goal for a second. A sprint goal is really just a synopsis of all the work that you're attempting to accomplish in this sprint. Right. So instead of going through and I say, well, our sprint goal is that we will finish the sprint stories. Yep. That happens. And I understand why, but it's really nice if you can kind of boil it down into a, a nice, like memorable statement. We're all, yeah. we're all marching towards this almost like a North star it's of like a rallying cry. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I, I will say I've sat in lots of sprint planning meetings or backlog review meetings. And this is that awkward moment where everybody's like, I don't care what you say <laughs> the sprint goal is. I'm just going to go do my work. And I, let's just name that. But you can get a little uncomfortable, get a little creative. Um, you can actually use this as a, as a means to draw you towards the, a, a, an aligned purpose during that time, mm -hmm. especially because one of the outcomes of a, a sprint should be, in theory, in most organizations, is some working application. Right. Some functional thing that we can all see together. Right. A release, if you will. Yeah. 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 So how does that, that process take place, typically? To create a sprint goal? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one, it's, you've, are, you've gone through the estimation process, right. which we talked about in the last episode. You, um, you've agreed upon all the stories that are going to take place. Um, you've agreed about what can, can be achieved in this sprint. So that's usually based off of if it's your first sprint, you're taking a guess. Mm -hmm. I think we can get this much done. Right. Um, if it's your second or third, like we talked about last time, you now have a, you have a guesstimate of, well, on average, let's say we get 42 points done each sprint. Mm-hmm then you know that you're trying to kind of fit in a roughly 42 points into the sprint. And then from that point estimate, you say, is this something that we could really step a functional? You're right. Yep. Not all teams do that, but that should be a goal because that can force you to have to have something to review and then say, okay, what, how can we represent this in a statement? Mm. Um, a lot of times a product manager will write it, write it. Uh, but I think it's really best that the team can write it. Um, yep. and I, I mean, just as a, kind of modern day approach. I've heard people taking, I know I'm going to be saying chat G, GTP like crazy right now, taking basically all their user stories, all the criteria for it, copying and pasting into jet, chat GPT and saying, will you create a sprint goal from these things? And yeah. just writes a summation. 
again, it's just to give you something that to yeah. pull together. It's very simple. And to just really hammer home this point, this is done in a cross-functional nature. That's right. Um, right. and it's, it's not handed in anybody, right? It's, it's, it's self-organized. Yep. Uh, there's that level of autonomy and empowerment within a team to create that themselves. I mean, after all, they're the ones that have gone through the estimation process. Yep. They've set the goal. So making it cross-functional self-organized only makes sense. Yep. So then we set the sprint goal, which started, you know, hit the start button, Yep. you know, say it's two weeks. And then there throughout that sprint, there's obviously there's work being done. There's mm -hmm. design being done, development, testing, but there's an environment in which that, that takes place. And so how do they stay aligned? How do they stay organized? And so a couple things, one, there's the, there's the daily standup. Yeah. So important. So important. And especially in this world of remote work. So it's hard. So it's, it's incredibly important to have that daily standup so that everyone's aligned on a couple things. Usually uh, you can do more, but for the most part, it's here's what I'm working on today. I yep. want everyone to know that hold, you know, hold that accountability. And then here are my blockers yeah. or I'm waiting on this from this person or, Hey, I need to get with you to talk about this. So real, it can be pretty short, 15 minutes tops. Yeah. It can be done asynchronously or in person or video chat, whatever that, that looks like. But yep. the importance of it is, is are we aligned and does everyone know what everyone is working on? It forces you to talk to, yeah. um, which it's so easy for development teams to get siloed quickly. Yeah that I've got my things, you've got your things, I'm gonna go do them, you go do them, and then you just kind of disappear. Yeah. And a stand-up is a really great practice to at least touch base. You mentioned asynchronous or synchronous. I would prefer, I'll even say it, I'll prefer that Crema did synchronous all yeah. the time. It yeah. doesn't always happen. There's right. different reasons. Time zones are a factor in that. Right. Um, and you know, team personalities are a factor in that. But if you're not, using something like a, a Slack bot or uh, a Teams has some options like that as well, Microsoft Teams, that will prompt you with the, what did you do yesterday? What mm -hmm. are you doing today? And what's blocking you? Right. And those are, the, those are the kind of basic questions. You could change up those questions, but it's just a check-in. Yep. And then the real question that I think is sometimes forgotten that stand-up, and maybe even something we should challenge our teams on, is are we, are we still on pace mm -hmm. for this sprint? Mm -hmm. Are we going to hit our goal? Mm -hmm. Like if that goal is that important, we said it was, or is this still true? Yeah. Um, and if there's anything that's keeping us from thinking we might hit it, then what do we need to change? Right. How do we pivot? How do we, how do we, maybe we put a couple extra hours in to get it done or maybe, you know, maybe we reprioritize in some way. Right. And it's important too, that that 15 minutes is not the only time you communicate throughout the day or throughout mm. the week. <laughs> so constant yeah. collaboration, communication, again, we utilize Slack a lot. We have Slack rooms for each client, each engagement. Um, a lot of code pairing too. If people yeah. have the, you know, in person, you know, designers and uh, engineers, test engineers collaborating together, cross-functional team members collaborating together. Really, it's just, it just needs to be top of mind to consistently communicate again in this remote world. If you're working from home or, you mm. know, from a co-working space, it used to be, you know, you go and you, you knock on a desk, you know, like, hey, I'd love to run this by you. Now, how do you replace that? And so there's just that extra effort of, okay, I'm going to do a, a Slack huddle video, you know, huddle real quick yep. or Zoom call or whatnot. You just have to keep that top of mind because it can be easy to just go throughout your work day. You haven't communicated. And again, if your head's down, that's fine. But there's some level of you need to come back to your team. 
Yeah, and I, and I hear people saying, oh, please don't suggest meetings. Please don't suggest meetings. Um, I heard Stripe just recently, and a lot of companies are doing this, yeah. has moved to basically a meetingless organization. Right. I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, what's an organization that doesn't meet? It's yep. like just a bunch of independent people. I think that's inherent when you say the word organization. Yeah, it's like literally <laughs> elements. But I think what they're getting at is they prefer to not have recurred, recurring scheduled group meetings that would keep you from getting to making something. Right. So principally, I get what they're saying. Right. Um, but I think meetings are okay. I would say in a sprint, have less meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're doing a lot of planning, you're doing a lot of other things, you're not going to be getting done the thing that you set out to do in your goal, mm-hmm. your sprint goal. Or you're not going to be getting things done or allowing people the time to get those things done so they can hand it off to their their peer in that cross-functional team. So right. a perfect example is you'll often have, there's a little bit of a waterfall effect that happens. So waterfall is the, the alternative to agile. So waterfall is more of a hand things down linear get this done get this done yep like literally waterfalls down towards the folks that are going to get the next work piece of work some of that happens naturally because people have to exchange information you can't always be doing literally things literally at the same time so you might have devs working on something while designs kind of finishing up the designs of something and then they 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 review it with the design developer and the developers like yep got it like starts to put it in place and designers you know so there's a collaborative nature between the two of them but Mm -hmm. the test engineer isn't quite it hasn't been informed yet so you need to be pacing yourself even through the sprint to say we need to get this to our test engineer by you know say wednesday of the second week of the sprint so that they can give us feedback. Now, there are lots of different ways. I'm not suggesting any particular time frame because I know the test engineers that might be listening are like, no, I need it on Monday or I'm fine with it on Friday or whatever. Or the developer's like, no, it's not enough time. I said it would take me two weeks. Yep. That all needs to be taken into account when you're planning as a team. Yep. So those are just some some factors to, to play with there. Yep. But I want to go back to something you mentioned, which is pairing. Yeah. We haven't talked a lot about that. I think it's such a powerful tool. Oh, yeah. Like teams always... In your mind, you go, well, two people sitting looking at the same thing is twice as many man hours, people hours. That's a waste of time. Mm. But there, and I don't know the, the stats, I don't have it in front of me. There is, there is a lot of data to su- suggest that actually it reduces time drastically mm-hmm. because you, you find errors quicker. Mm-hmm. You find more efficient ways to write the code. Mm-hmm. Um, you can troubleshoot faster. You troubleshoot yep. faster. The the person that might be a lesser skilled is upskilled faster so they can contribute more over the long haul. Yep. Um, so much value. And that can be done in design. Yep. It can be done in development. It can be done in testing. Like any craft could be pairing up with another craft. Right. Um, that's great. And throughout that sprint too, we got to track progress. Yeah. What, uh, so which really the sprint backlog yep. is used for that, George, explain that a little bit. Yeah, so it depends on the team or what tool you're using. If you're using something like Jira as your ticketing system or you're using anything that's pulling together a sprint backlog, you're going to have pulled issues, which are usually written as user stories, Mm -hmm. out of the backlog, which is just a a large list of things that have to be done based off what you know now. As you pull those in to to the current sprint, then you're establishing is this... Has this been touched? Is it being worked on right now? So you kind of have the uh, is ready, Mm -hmm. in progress, or done. Mm -hmm. This is simple, and you could have more lanes than that. 
but it's a really nice way to say this is done or it's ready for review from a tester or it's been deployed or it's been pushed out. And again, that can happen in different ways if you're doing continuous integration or if you're doing more release by release uh, methodologies. But um, really what you're looking to say is, are we moving those tickets? Mm -hmm. Are we moving those issues? Are we moving those stories through at a pace that will actually make sure that by the end of the sprint, we right. got them all done? Right. Something yeah. to review. And at the end, the goal being delivering some level of working software. That's right. So at the end of each two weeks, some something that's functional, something that's working, something that, you know, internal, external client can see. And so as part of that, and when we first started, you know, doing a lot of waterfall, you know, you know, we used to call it QA. Now, obviously, it's testing. Yep. We have um, a great team of test engineers. Um, it used to just all be done at the end. Remember, <laughs> yeah. we would just like build, 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 it's design, 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 Friday. build, 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 design, <laughs> design. And we would just tack on like four weeks and it was all just testing yeah. at the very end. Yeah. That was not efficient. No. It just didn't work. We were wrong. And so the idea from a sprint standpoint, as you build that sprint, if the goal is to deliver that working so software, you have to make sure what's integrated within that process, mm -hmm. that sprint process mm -hmm. is the idea of, of, of testing, continuous yeah. testing and feedback helping so that we can make sure that it meets the needs of the customers, the end users really. Yeah. Um, ultimately what we're talking about is being flexible. Yep. Right. Um, so I think that one of the big things there is that as we're, we're moving that forward and we're, we're looking at that testing happening iteratively, that, that designing happening iteratively, that developing happening iteratively, all seeing progress and actually having something we can use and touch and feel and, mm -hmm. and, put in front of users and get feedback. And as that is happening, you're building more, you're having a greater chance of building the right thing, as we've talked about before, mm -hmm. than just building a thing. Yeah. You know, we could build a thing in the next year. Right. But knowing that we're building the right thing, you really have to be prepared to pivot. You have to be prepared to refine and to iterate and to change. Now, that language has been abused. I just want to call that out. Pivot, iterate, all that has been abused to basically say spin, right? spin on things. This is why you have to go back to as much as possible, deliver something functional. Yeah. Deliver something that, that is complete enough that people can wrap their heads around it and understand it and give you feedback on it. Right. Meaningful feedback. Yeah. If you're just iterating for the sake of saying, uh, eh, we're not done. Yeah. Well then you're not truly doing, um, modern software development right. or modern product work. Yeah. In my opinion. And so when we get to the end of a sprint, uh, so going back to our analogy, that, that 30 second interval, 15 seconds off, yeah. you know, there's, you know, you're trying to recover. Yeah. There's some level of a retrospective cause you're thinking like, oh, I can go faster. So I'm going to click the treadmill from eight to 8.5 or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Same thing with at the end of, or you might say, I'm not doing well. I need to go down to seven and a half <laughs> or, or I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. So we do the same thing from a sprint perspective is, uh, are the, is the retrospective. We need to review. We need to retrospect what went well, yep. what didn't go well. Who do we want to highlight? You know, do you want to highlight, you know, someone, I thought this person did great here. What would you do better? All of that at the, at the end of a sprint. Yep. I think it's really important. So you're talking, we've talked a little bit about retrospectives we've, and you can go back to previous episodes of people product. And we've talked oh, yeah. about retrospectives at length because I think it's one of the most powerful tools and it's kind of like the same thing. It, really what we're, it's just layers of the same thing at different levels. Yeah. So you're planning at a big, big level, you know, you look at what we're going to try to do. 
And have we accomplished that thing? Now you're, you're, you know, you're just boiling it down, boiling it down, boiling it down. And, and this, this back to basics has been that don't yep. overcomplicate it. Do the same thing at different levels, boil it down to the point where at its probably smallest ele element, you're talking about daily standups, mm -hmm. right? Every day checking in. Yep. Are we headed in the right direction? What have we done? Where yep. are we going? What can get better? Yeah. Um, it, again, it's amazing how you can just really take a big thing and chunk it. So like, Maybe a st annual strategic plan. You have yeah. a goal. Yeah. And then you start working towards it. And then when you get there, you look back and be like, did we achieve it? Did yeah. we not? We do the same thing in two weeks. We work towards it. And guess what? When we talk about metrics at the end of the year, it's just like, let's, or, let's look at our metrics. Did we achieve those? Same thing with uh, like velocity, like we talked about last time. Yeah, that's right. Is it's a metric to help us understand how well are we doing at the end of that two-week period. Did we drop in velocity? Did we go faster? Those then create questions of like, okay, why, why not? Mm. What, what happened? Yeah. Did we get stuck on something? Yep. Um, if we went faster, great. What caused us to go faster? Can we maybe up our sprint points next time because we're faster? Yep. And being okay with that. And being, being okay comfortable with that. With yep. That. yep. So I want to I take just a couple minutes and kind of wrap up this, yeah. this whole series, if you will. Um, so we've talked about a few principles. Maybe we can pull out of this because I, I don't, and I don't actually have it in our notes here. So we're kind of going a little off script, but you, you mentioned a couple things there that I want to make sure that are just principles that you keep in play to get back to the basics. Mm -hmm. One is create some routines and rhythms, mm -hmm. right? Meet on regular basis, create time boxes, mm -hmm. chunk up your work, mm -hmm. come back and review the work on a regular basis. Um, but in all of that, be flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think some other things, trust your team, trust. Yeah. Work as a team mm -hmm. and work if you possible, if your company will let you, if you are willing to do it, work as a cross-functional team. Yeah. It is so frustrating, quite transparently, how many organizations I've talked to that are big organizations building some really incredible stuff mm -hmm. that are hitting their heads against the wall because they're not allowed to talk to their mm. cross-functional counterparts. Right. Designers aren't allowed, allowed to talk to devs. Devs aren't allowed to talk to test engineering. Product is supposed to be the conduit between them all. Right. Well, and the products are burned out because they're working in 15 different directions trying to just be a translator for all mm -hmm. the things when they could just talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah, so I think collaboration is a big piece of that. Um, I think pacing yeah. is a big piece. Yeah. Um, how do you make sure that you don't worry too much about the macro duration, but instead going, are we on pace in that marathon analogy or in your hit analogy yeah. of, yeah, we're still making the time that we hope to make. What's your North star? Yeah. Oh yeah. What do we want to achieve? Why do we want to achieve it? Okay. And then we come back to the starting point. It's like, what has to be true for us to get here? Yep. Well, we've got to make, we've got to make progress, progress on what? Okay. Well, let's start to chunk up that work. Yep. Let's start to break it up into bits and pieces. First things first, whatever that looks like. Totally. And move towards that North star. Last thing I'll say is I kind of want to go back to the top. You mentioned North Star, and that made me think of this. I think that most organizations actually do most of the things that we just talked about. Mm. I think they actually do. I want to give them credit. Mm -hmm. But what they forget is that they get down this path of getting down to the rubber, hitting the road, to the tasks that we have to do on a daily basis, and they actually forget to go back up and look at the work that they did that got them there. Mm -hmm. So going back to the roadmap going mm -hmm. back to the North star, going back to the initiative and saying, 
are we still out to do what we did? We thought we were going to do. Mm. Is this still going to have the impact inside of our business that right. we thought it was going to have? And you get so into the minutia of the day and the work that has to be done and the grind that it takes to do it that you forget, like, why are we doing this work? Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the last thing I just want to end on. It's like, go back to the top. Don't forget whether it's sprint by sprint or milestone by milestone, go back up and say, do we still remember why we're doing this work? Right. Um, and I think that no matter what you do from a you know, sprint team basis, a daily standup basis, a scrum versus out, you know, whatever, right. you, you'll be able to come back and say, no, we're still on the trajectory because we're all aligned on the why. Yeah. I like that. Dan, this has been a fun series with you. What a great way to end. But we're not going to go forever. Yeah. We'll be back. We've got more episodes coming. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun year. Thank you for listening. <laughs> well, that's what that was. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this series uh, around the basics of product. And make sure that if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. Share this out with some folks. Hopefully this will be a really shareable asset where you can say, go back and listen to the last five, six episodes of this series and learn a little bit more about how your team can really go back to the basics of doing great product work. See you next time, Dan. Cheers. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.